Hello, everyone. Welcome to Just Jana, a podcast where each month I'll speak to a variety of industry leaders to bring you education, trends, and relevant topics in franchising. I'm your host, Jana Bailey, CEO of FranNet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Jana. I am thrilled to have with us a guest today that's doing a repeat visit for a very good reason. Our guest is Rich Spriggle from Challenger Gray and Christmas, and he is going to give us an update on what's going on with outplacements. With all the economic changes that we're seeing, we're very anxious to get this information. So welcome, Rich. Tell the group a little bit about yourself and about Challenger Gray and Christmas. Okay. That's, that certainly is a mouthful. It Challenger is. Gray and Christmas. <laughs> it sounds like a law firm. Uh-huh. Well, it was actually started by um, a young lawyer that um, got let go early in his career. And he was frustrated that there really weren't uh, any any structured ways to get help. So he decided to start his own company, uh, his, own, his own entrepreneur. So uh, <clears throat> Challenger Grand Christmas is mostly known as... Uh, as an outplacement or career transition company. Um, I think what we like to say is we help people that are in between successes. You know, our view is very positive from the sense of uh, going forward. Most people think, oh, I lost my job. You know, the world is uh, is horrible in this sense. And uh, we have uh, put together a process to help people that uh, based on their response to surveys, they say that 86, excuse me, 96% of the time, their new job is as good or better than their last job. So we think we have a process that works and helps them go forward. Typically, companies actually pay us to provide this service for people. And some people might say, well, why would a company do that? And basically, about 90% of the people we work with uh, have lost their jobs for no reason uh, Due to their due to their own performance, it's because the company's made a decision to reorganize or to relocate. So um, the companies want to take care of the people and help them as they as they go forward, and hire us to help them through that process. So we first help them emotionally through the change, and then we help them with resumes and LinkedIn and coaching and uh, and lots of experienced one-on-one resources um, as they go forward. Our CEO says we're kind of a hospital for the unemployed, if you will. I like that. So, I like that. But but the reason companies do this is really a cultural reason uh, from, from that sense. It's part of their culture to help people go forward. They want their own people to know that if something happens um, and they, they're impacted, that they're going to get some help to go forward. So, um, so that's kind of the, the thought process. We also do uh, executive coaching. And one of the things since, the, uh, since the COVID, our executive coaching business has actually exploded because oh, working remotely is a whole new world. Companies mm-hmm. aren't used to hiring 
people remotely. They're not used to onboarding them remotely. The managers aren't used to leading people that they can't see. So, So there's a lot of opportunity in the way of working with companies to help them through those changes. So that's kind of what we do. We're a family-owned company. So we have the fit and feel of a family company, yet the breadth of a national company. Um, For me personally, I've been with Challenger for 11 years. Prior to that, I was the chief human resource officer at two public companies, one of them in the great town of Louisville. And uh, uh, so I've taken that experience and transferred it from telling people their jobs are going going away being on the other side with my hand out to help them as they go forward. So this has been a great opportunity uh, for me. Um, When we work with people, we really work with them in three different ways from a job search. Either the majority of our folks want to find another job. Some of them are retiring. So we help them through the process from a lifestyle change. And then the third way are people that want to start their own business either a single shingle or buy a business or maybe even buy a a franchise, which is really how I came to know FranNet. The average age of our clients is about 47. Mm -hmm. And we typically work with a lot of very senior people. So in our client base of our more senior people that are 40 and above, about 10% of those people actually start their own business. So that's how I built my relationship um, with FranNet, because I always have uh, three times a year, I have uh, a good friend, Mark Corey from the Detroit area, Uh comes and speaks to the people about starting their own business. And uh, a number of them have actually bought franchises uh, through through FranNet. So, So that's kind of a bit about me, the company, and how I got connected to this company called FranNet. Well, we appreciate the relationship. It's been very beneficial on both sides, I hope. So I'm interested, Rich, because when we talked the last time, we were talking a little bit about what was going on in the job market and outplacement. What changes have you seen since the last time we we spoke? It's been a uh, kind of a crazy ride, to say Mm -hmm. the least. Um, If you look at 19, or excuse me, 19, Uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. And if you look at 2020, it was a crazy year with people, um, companies closing down for periods of time, companies letting people go. So it was it was a huge year from the standpoint of letting folks go. 2021 was was a much more sedate year. People were were away from work. Companies are letting Mm -hmm. people, you know, letting people work. Uh, remotely, 2022 has been generally a, a you know a much milder year relative to job losses, and that's that is um, um, kind of spoken in the numbers because if you look at year to date in 2022, even versus 2021, the number of job cuts are down 16 percent. So in total. This is, you know, this year is uh, is a good, is even better year than 2021, and the level of hiring is still very strong. Last month, over 230,000 new jobs were created. What's what's interesting is you look a little bit closer, 
is even though 2022, the numbers of job reductions are, are lower than last year, the last five months of job cuts have been higher than the previous year. Mm. So we're seeing job cuts begin to begin to uh, tick up. <clears throat> and we think that's really a part of what we all feel every day in the sense yeah. of, you know, you know, in that sense. And, and if I just peel that number back a little bit for the job cuts, the auto sector is the largest sector um, experiencing job cuts this year. And generally speaking, and of course, me being based in the, in the Motor City, uh, we typically, the auto sector typically sees what's going on in the economy before everybody yeah. else. So they're generally first one in, generally first one out. So a pretty good yeah. lead indicator of what's to come. So whereas we haven't seen a large increase in outplacements yet, we're seeing that, that change going over uh, in you know in the auto sector now part of that is is going also from being more internal combustion engine or gas to electric but but we're seeing that happen and we think our view is that we're going to see more in the fourth quarter and that 2023 will be a year with higher with higher reductions and again that's all because of you know of the Fed, because of inflation, the Fed continuing to raise the interest rates. It's a result of the, you know, the higher cost in goods that's going on, and companies mm -hmm. begin to, companies beginning to plan and prepare for that. Uh, I think the wild card, though, if I could just be a little bit ambiguous in the sense, uh, but I think the wild card is, you know, we've never been through uh, what we are right now. We're still never. in the recovery. We're still in the recovery from COVID. From that sense, you've got the war in Ukraine. So in my lifetime, in my adult lifetime, I haven't seen a regional war impact the world as much as, uh, as, the, you know, as the war in Ukraine. Um, and again, if you're in the eastern and southern part of the states, Ian has caused mass devastation. I happen to be talking to you from Florida, where I'm still trying to repair some of the damage to my home from, from that. But if you look at the devastation and the work that and the pressure that's going to put on the construction industry, construction materials, uh, all the home goods and appliances. So there's there is still a lot going on there. And mm -hmm. then the final piece that I, you know, I would add is as we look at the economy today and what companies are doing, they are bringing more people back into the office than they maybe kind of originally indicated they were going to, you've seen some major companies change direction. Uh, probably the most, probably the poster child for that would be Tesla when mm. they were remote. And, you know, Musk came out and said, you know, um, you come back to work or don't come to work, you know, in, in that sense. So, but when you put all those things together, you, you, we're not really sure how it's going to work out, but we still believe that 2023 is going to be a year that, um, more people are going to lose their jobs, unfortunately, at least for, yeah. for a period of time. You touched on several things that I've been saying in, in my adult life. I've not seen anything like we're going through right now. I was a banker in a previous life, you know, for 18 years. And I remember when interest rates were very, very high, but 
it, it's just with everything else going on around it, any one of these things we've seen, but to have it all happening at the same time has been, it, it's just been a really, really strange 2022. Um, agree with you. So this recession that we keep hearing about, you seem to be in agreement that that's what we're going to be facing next year. Because I always assess, associate recessions with the layoffs and the companies restructuring and trying to control some costs. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, technically we are in a recession, mm -hmm. you know, two quarters of negative GMP right. is, is the definition of a recession, but because the, the job market is so strong and companies' earnings have been relatively strong, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to say, well, no, we're not there. And I think, I think it's, this, this is a little bit like an aircraft carrier. And of course, I've never steered one before. But my my understanding is you turn the aircraft carrier along much sooner than mm -hmm. you actually see it start to move left or right. And I uh, unfortunately think that's that's kind of where we're heading, especially if we keep raising, keep continuing to raise the interest rates. That's yes. going to slow down spending, but it's going to take us into I, my my opinion is, uh, you know, is a recession. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, you talked about the rebuilding and the damages from the storms and how that's going to impact the housing. I've got friends who are approaching the two year mark from when their house was supposed to be done and it's still not done. And it's you know, I'm hearing this from lots of people where it's just a matter of either they don't have the home builders don't have enough help or they can't get the right supplies. So we're seeing all of these crazy things happening. And in the background, having that interest rate continue to climb is a little unnerving. So tell me this, um, has anything changed in terms of what you see people looking for in a job, uh, whether it's benefits, employee programs, anything different that, that you're seeing on their agenda as they begin to look for new placements? Yeah. I think, you know, we talked the last time about the great resignation, if mm -hmm. you will. And uh, interesting, you know, people continue to quit their jobs, which, again, in my lifetime is about is is unheard of to quit mm -hmm. a job without a job. OK, uh, maybe that's because I, I maybe I live too close to to my money at this point. But but uh, still in the month of August there were still 4 million people that quit their jobs. And on average, about 4 million people quit their jobs uh, every single month. And that, wow. that, can, that continues. Um, Generation X people, if we look at what's going on with them, uh, and, and when I say, excuse me, Generation Z, when and those are typically 18 to 20 year old folks, about 50% of them, when they start their career, are choosing to start in a more freelance way as mm. opposed to going to work for a company. Uh, people are continuing to retire in uh, in that sense. And uh, so, so you have these factors going on. Uh, let me just mention one other one, and then, I th and then I'll come back and maybe respond more directly to your question. Um, the power still, the power still is in the hands of the worker as opposed to the, the company. And, and some indications of that is, if you look statistically, for non-managerial jobs, the pay rate this year has increased 8.8%, okay, 8.8%. And that's in 
in the restaurant and in the hospitality sector. Let me just right. be more specific. And if you go to restaurants, you, today you still see a lot of restaurants aren't open as much as they were before because they can't, they can't get help from right. that sense. Warehouse workers, okay? Salaries have, or pay has gone up over 6% this year. So companies are increasing, are increasing pay because of the difficulty to, to find workers. Um, I think, so I think relative to the last time we talked, people are still resigning. They are really still thinking about themselves and their life today. You right. don't see as many people saying, I'm going to save for the next 20 years for that retirement. People that are closer are saying, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen next year or the year after that. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, I'm going to take control of myself right now. And that's why I think you see the retirements up. And I think um, a lot of a lot of people earlier in their career have seen their parents work and work and work. And they're saying, you know what? I don't want to be enslaved to, to the company or to the job. So I'm going to take more in my own hands. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of why you're seeing the, even if I were to think about another statistic, when we think of, um, when we think of people that are doing um, jobs that are just short-term jobs, more and more people are in that short-term job cycle than have ever been before. Something, I heard a statistic um, that's something like 35% of the people are working in this short cycle jobs where they're not working for a company. They feel, they feel um, comfortable working where I have an assignment for 30 days or I have an assignment for three months. And so people are feeling more confident in, in that sense. Um, so I think folks are still, still resigning, if you will. Uh, it's still focusing on themselves and the realization that life is today and we don't know what's going to be down the road. So I want to enjoy today uh, for sure. I think one of the things now that's driving that is, is the idea that companies are beginning to push more for people to come back in the office. And mm -hmm. so many people have relocated during this time yep. that now, like a, an example, a friend of mine just bought a home here in Florida. It's a brand new home but it's been built for six months. And the person that built this home got a promotion and the company said, you now have to be in the office. So this, they had a choice of either selling uh -huh. the home that they built, waited a year and a half to get built or, you know, or going back to work. So, so more and more uh, people are having to make that choice between do I want to go back in the office or do I want to find a job that's that's more uh, more remote? And so I think that's one of the forces that continues to drive this this um, this you know this great resignation theory. If mm -hmm. you will. And then of course we're hearing you know there, there's been a lot of scuttle on uh, social media about the quiet quitting, which I wonder how much of that is really new versus it's just now have have a name given to it. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a great point because uh, you know what's happening is you know people are just they're still working remotely in this case, but mm -hmm. they're just not as engaged. They're they're doing so much more, um, and I think you know you know you could you could be an, an optimist or a pessimist. I guess my view about people is generally people are good. 
-hmm. Okay. And if you, if you give them challenges, uh, then, then they're going to work to that challenge. If you were a leader, that's a more passive reserved leader that, that really didn't work with, you know, what are we trying to accomplish and how do you fit into what, what we're trying to accomplish with, you know, with assignments and goals and objectives, then I think there's a lot more quiet quitting going on there. But if you're someone that is actively engaged and continue want the company to grow and your group to be a success, then I think that quiet quitting isn't as quiet. You know, managers that are engaged and are used to and comfortable working with remote folks, I think that quiet quitting is much harder to be. And I don't mean you put a stop because a lot of companies have bought have bought software that they're, you know, that they can check when people sign in, they can check when they sign out, they can check where they go to, you know, on different websites. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot of software that's out there. But at the end of the day, what's really important is, do you have a leader that's engaged with their people? Are you motivating them by giving them challenging work? uh, Or aren't you? And if you're not doing that, then the quiet quitting is going to, is, you know, is going to continue and uh, the company is going to suffer. I agree. I agree completely. And I I love what you said, you know, as far as it's um, with the remote, it is harder, but our stance has been just in in the FranNet team. You know, if I have to go and get by the software and to do that kind of micromanaging, then I have the wrong people on the bus because, you know, it's, it's all about that. I think being sure you've got the right team members in place and being sure they stay engaged and they're committed to the same values that you are. Yeah. You know, so, so I think what's, what's interesting is companies are raising salaries to either keep people. Okay. Or to, uh, or to recruit people. Um, But I think right now more than ever, this idea of quality of life is mm-hmm. there. And I think I think people are first looking for work that fits into their lifestyle more than right. they are looking for more money. I, I really think that's a key. Now there are folks that are are going to use the opportunity to raise their, you know, their salary or position. But I think the I think more than anything, an asterisk on quality of life. And where I'm working, and and how that affects my family, because you, you know, again, statistically, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of families are impacted by schooling, and and as a result, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in most cases, or I shouldn't say that, in many cases, uh, you know, the the female, the the woman in the group, is the one that takes more more leadership in the, in the education process. Mm-hmm. As a result, self-employed women have gone up over oh, like 4.3%, uh, you know, in the last year, because I think more women are trying to find a way to stay challenged personally, professionally, but at the same time, at the same time, uh, take care of their family. I couldn't agree more. And we have, you know, people with small children that work for us. And one of the things that we try to do is provide that flexibility so they don't feel like they're going to be in trouble if they're taking care of a sick child or a child that needs help at school or whatever. I mean, I think you've got to really to help provide that quality of life and as much balance there as you can. Right. And, you know, we've had a lot of the folks that we talk to, one of the things that they say 
and this, I get goosebumps when I talk about this, but you know, it, it was a factor before, but with COVID and everything that's going on, I have more people that tell me, Rich, I didn't, I didn't volunteer to leave this company, but I, but the company has given me, I'll use a technical term, air cover, mm-hmm. otherwise known as severance pay. You know, they're giving me right. an opportunity to figure out what I want to do next. And what I want to do next is something that matters. I want to do something that I feel good about it. If I'm spending a third of my life working, right. you know, eight hours of 24, then I want to do that, you know, in some way that means something. Uh, and, and it's helping make a difference. I've had more people break room to boardroom say that. I may wow. want to do this. I may want to keep the same skills. I may want to utilize the same skill set that I have, but I want to utilize them in a different way, a way that, that makes me feel good about what I'm doing. And, and that's, that's one common thread that I've seen more than I did. I have seen pre-COVID. Um, Rich, so this is this is so so much information that's so helpful and really helps. I mean, you've got you've got your your finger on the pulse of exactly the type of things that we need to know because of what we do and the role that we play in working with those people. So it uh, always valuable information. And if you don't mind my audience and I would probably like to try to do this with you once or twice a year, because again, you're going to be the leading indicator for us as far as what's going on out there. Happy to help. I, as I said, friend that I, uh, it's been, it's been a great experience. I have, have had the pleasure of meeting uh, folks involved in friend friend that across the country. And I've never been, I've never been disappointed, but I also believe I also believe in what you do because it's a, it's a way of helping people mm-hmm. uh, not with your hand out first. Well, it's, let me say this, your hand is out, but it's not, it's not out opened. It's out reaching to shake hands and to help mm-hmm. them go forward and just, you know, help them decide what, what makes the most sense for them. And um, what people, what, what people get most frustrated about is feeling like they're in a box Yes. And if they feel like they want to do something different and meaning, then having their own business is a is a great way to, you know, to do that, you know. And just having options and knowing that they do have that, whether they decide to do it or not, having that additional option available that they can analyze. Um, I know for me, I never like to look at just one answer to a problem. I want to look at all my options and analyze them and then decide the best one. So absolutely. absolutely. like to think that's what we provide. So Rich, thank you so much. And to our audience, thank you for being with us today. And I hope you all have enjoyed and feel like you've gotten as much out of today's session as I do. So thanks again, Rich and our audience. Thank you for being with us on this episode of Just Jana. Just Jana.